was it bad? What was it like working with him, working with her? You'll hear all the tales you wish you knew. Every aspect of the theater too. Feel your love of Broadway anew. On backstage babble. Hi. My name is Charles Kirsch, and welcome to Backstage Babble. Backstage Babble is a podcast interviewing professionals in the theater industry about themselves, their careers, and the people they've worked with along the way. Today, I am honored to be joined by veteran Broadway dancer Mary Jane Houdina for part two of our conversation. Today, hear her discuss her work on Annie, Into the Light, Peter Gennaro's Club Act, choreographing Peter Allen at Radio City Music Hall, The Great Gatsby Movie, and more. I hope you enjoy our talk. Uh, I was yeah. doing the show, and we were performing uh, in um, Westbury, Long Island. And my first husband was an actor, and he had worked with Jack Cole. And um, he said, you know, because I, could I couldn't come to the call, the first dance call. So he said, you know, I worked with Jack. He did, he did Kismet at Lincoln Center and with Jack. And he he befriended him anyway. And he, and he said, I don't mind calling and say, you know, I have a friend who would like to come to the call, but she can't, can she come to the call back? Which happens, you know, when I was choreographing, when I'm choreographing or when I was working with other people that I knew somebody, I would say, I can't come to the call, but could I come to the call back? You know, and you could ask. So um, he called Jack. Cole and because I wanted to work for Jack Cole more than anybody in my life and I never did get to work for him but what happened um, my my husband Al Tuigo at the time he um, he called Jack and he said I have a friend who's a dancer who'd like to come to call can can she come to the call back make a long long story short I he said call we went uh, we walked up to um, oh I can't remember the name of it now but it was a, a, a rehearsal space on 55th Street and 8th Avenue and we, as we walked up there together, we saw on the one um, room, the one rehearsal room, because they used to write on a chalkboard on the on the door, said Jack Cole, Matahari. So Al stuck his head in the door. And as he stuck his head in the door, they said, Mary Jane Houdina. So obviously there was a list of people who had the same thing happen. They'd called, do you know them? Because that's what they would do. They would say, do you really know these people? Um, should we call them in? And Jack looked at Al and and Jack Cole, you know, had a, a crazy eye. He was kind of cockeyed, you know, he oh. was a little cross-eyed. And he looked at he looked at Al and he said, Al said to him, say yes, Jack. And Jack went, yes. And no, then I got a call back. Okay. So I go to the call back. I think I told you this last time, but I, I went and I was all I I was in my dance, my best dance clothes, my boots. You know, that's that was those were still the years when we were in knee-high boots, you know, with heels on them. Mm-hmm. And um I went in and I see two girls that I know from callback from auditions who are dressed to the teeth. And I went, I said, just said, hi, is Jack here today? Oh, we've already danced for Jack. And I went, ah, oh. oh. there were so many phone calls. What happened is I wound up at a principal call. There were like several parts, I guess, in the show, like those Ababu dancers in Kismet. And um, I wound up at a, a principal call and I knew, I thought, well, that's no all over. All I wanted to do was to dance for Jack Cole because I knew in my heart, if I danced for him, he would hire me. 
That's how I felt because I could dance like he danced. You know, the girls were tough, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, I sang, I sang my song and I took a bow and I said, thank you very much. They said, thank you. And that was that. So I never did get the dance warm. So these things happen. <laughs> Something that I didn't actually get to ask you about last time, but did want to was dancing in Peter Gennaro's club act. So when, yes. when in your career did you do that? Um, well, first of all, Nancy Dalton Flowers, who um, is the, I believe she's a secretary for Dancers Over 40. She and I are great friends. We've been friends since 19 Sakatumi 69, the Millican <laughs> Breakfast Show. And um, I, I just adore her. And I had worked, I think, for Peter just once. I did, um, I replaced in um, Irene, the Broadway show Irene. And so I didn't deal with him directly. I, Tony Stevens was his assistant and he actually um, did, did that audition that day. And then Marianne Niles was the dance captain. She taught me the show. So I never really worked with Peter directly. You know, he came and he put his thumbs on, you know, and people sort of know you and he kind of had seen me do other things. So, uh, and he liked my audition. And then um, I, and uh, Larry Fuller did a, um, a, a Ed Sullivan show. And it was for Peter. And that was the only other thing I had done. But you know, those those um, Ed Sullivan shows, they went so fast because it was like just the week. You, you would rehearse like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you'd do dress rehearsal and Sunday you'd do it live most of the time, you know? So we didn't spend a lot of time together. So Nancy and I, Nancy had already been asked to do Peter's act and she had suggested me and, um, we, we plotted because Peter was teaching then. So Nancy and I put on the same leotard and the same pair of pants and uh, a little bit of makeup. And we stood in front row and we stood together, you know, and posed before class started. And Peter turned around and said, okay, you two, she's got the job. <laughs> so, cause, uh, so anyway, that's how that happened. And after that, I worked for him, you know, then I assisted him on uh, uh, Annie. But uh, Peter's act, we had a wonderful time, but we, we worked we really worked our derrieres off um, because the, he laid it out in such a way that we, he did everything that made him famous. And then there was a section of everything he ever wanted to do, you know? So we, we were dancing up a storm and it was very gratifying because it was just singing and dancing, you know? And at that time, uh, Chicago hadn't been done yet. And he actually auditioned for Mr. Cellophane. So um, they, they uh, let him do the song in the act, Mr. Cellophane. Wow. And um, it, hadn't been, it hadn't been seen yet. So he did his imitation of Charlie Chaplin. That was just heart, heart rendering when he, when he did it. He was, he was very talented, Peter. And uh, then he sat down, he took off his bowler hat and took his mustache off and put it on his hat and sat down on a chair and sang Cellophane. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house. <laughs> You know, it was just very moving, you know, yeah. Kendra and Ebb, they, they allowed him to do that, which was wonderful. And they were there opening night. When we, the opening part of the act was like to tell the truth. Have you ever seen that show? You know, they came out, they would say, I'm so-and-so and I'm from such and such. And oh. that's what Nancy and I did. We came, 
we were all dressed the same, obviously, and we heard this big drum break, bum, bum, ba-da, 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 bang, and the light came on. And I think I was the first one out, and I said, hi, my name's Peter Gennaro, and I'm from the West Side. And then put my hat on, blackout, same drum break. Nancy came out and said, my name's Peter Gennaro, and I'm from Kew Gardens. Hannah left. Same drum break. Lights came up, and there was Peter, and he started to dance. He just started to dance, and of course, the audience went crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Um, so it was it was just terrific. And Wally Harper, who um, was Barbara Cook's musical conductor, she he actually left us to go do that her act with her, and he had arranged everything. And it was just it was just a real diamond in my career to do. I loved I love because you just love singing and dancing. That's why you get into business to begin with, you know. Yeah. And um, we had a wonderful time, but we really did work hard. <laughs> worked really hard and it was on a postage stamp the stage at the grand finale was just a little teeny stage so between cheetah and her two guys and peter and his two girls because they opened the, the whole place and then we came in after them in fact our opening night cheetah came backstage because we knew cheetah from the millican show you know we we had worked with with her because we we didn't know where the ladies room <laughs> <laughs> because we were dressing in the office you know all those little clubs are like that you dress in the office or there's a little place that they put up a little sheet and you dress behind it so we said where is the ladies room and so she took us to the ladies room so <laughs> it was it was just great fun we had a wonderful wonderful time and then um he added two girls and we did um the next summer we went to um las vegas with al hurt and pete fountain and it was called Impressions of New Orleans Jazz. So we basically did his act, but we blew it up. And um, there was also Louis Cottrell, Cottrell's band from Heritage Hall. We actually did a jazz funeral on the stage because we played all these huge places that summer. We did St. Louis Muni, and um, I think then I think we did Indianapolis Starlight. I can't I can't remember that might have been another show. But we did. They're all outdoors, these big theaters. And then we went to Las Vegas and played the Aladdin Hotel. And um, that that was great fun. So we basically did his act in that, but with extra two extra girls. So yeah, yeah, it, it was it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. I want to talk to you about Annie, but first I would love to ask you about the industrials that you did, yes. like the Millican Breakfast Show, which you were mentioning. So how <laughs> did you sort of get these jobs of? Well, auditioned, you know, I went to, it was, my first Millican show was 1969. That's why I said that, because Michael Bennett choreographed it, and we did this whole number, the, the opening was 19, sock it to me, <clears throat> 69, 19, right? Because he was hip. I mean, he, Michael was the hip choreographer at that time, you know, um, I loved doing his stuff. And um, I auditioned, and then I did it nine years in a row. So I, the first year was for Michael, then I did it four years for Alan Johnson, Peter did it one year. So how many is that? That's only six, seven, eight, nine. Well, I did it three more years, so I don't know. <laughs> but I did it nine times. I didn't, by the time the last, I think there were three more years, two or three more years after I stopped doing it because I started to choreograph and I got um, some some other jobs myself. So I was kind of now moving on to that place, you know, as a choreographer. So I took that instead of dancing. But the Milliken show, it was just so much fun to do that. You really, we really worked ourselves to a, fr- fr- a frenzy because most of the time, all of us were doing a Broadway show. So we would mm-hmm. rehearse eight hours and then you'd go do your show. 
Um, and usually the, our day off from the show, we worked a full day at Millican. So for about six weeks, she didn't get too much time off. And one year I remember, and I think it was the year that I did Irene, we did extra shows. So um, I, I can remember doing like a week of like three shows every day. It was, it, it was that much. I don't remember exactly how many now, but that's how many we did, you know. So I think between like the show, our show, and then the Millican show, because the Millican show, you know, was a breakfast show. So a half hour was 7 a.m. in the morning. So we would wind up, you know, I would, I would get there, you know, I'd have all my makeup on and all these lashes and things. And it, it was done in the ballroom at the Waldorf Astoria. And so you wore a lot of, a lot of makeup. And um, I would be home. The show would start half hour, 7 a.m. The show would start at a quarter to eight. And you could be home by 9, 9, 9.15. And you got so tired after a while, I would look in the mirror and go, did I just do that? <laughs> you know, it was just, Ooh. and you'd have all this makeup on at 7, 9 a.m. in the morning, you know. And um, it, it was a wonderful paying job. They gave us a bonus. We got all the clothes that we wore. They weren't always the best clothes. I mean, as far as like what we would wear, but it was what was popular with those uh, brand names. Millican was a fab, you know, was a fabric company, and like Bobby Brooks and Janssen, those kind of um, manufacturers used their fabric. So it was all we would do. It was like a live commercial, is what it was, you know. Yeah. And so sometimes you'd have a long. A speech to say about something and sometimes you didn't say anything you just came out but you always said who you were wearing so there was like be a big dance section then everybody would stop and would go da 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 and everybody pose you know and say your name and um and we always had great fun i i mean all those people from and dancers over 40 like candy brown and michonne peacock and you know all of us nancy uh, eileen casey you know we we all did that for years together and um it, and it was great fun it was a lot of work though. <laughs> I couldn't do that now, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, so I did that. And then I, um, I did like the Dr. Pepper commercials when they came out. I remember doing a Tropicana orange juice commercial. We were all dressed like little oranges and um, um, Gwen Verdon choreographed that. And um, I didn't do as many commercials as a lot of people did. I, because as I said, at a certain point, even at the end of that Millican era, I started to choreograph a little myself. So I started just to move on to that, you know, and, but then I did, I choreographed like, um, what was that? It was a um, pop rock, I think. And it was, it was uh, gum that popped in your mouth. It made like, it cracked in your mouth. It was like a pop rock, they called it, you know, and then yeah. when, when you would eat it, it would just pop in your mouth. I did that. Because I remember the step was it click, clickety pops in your mouth. So I did a little that, 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 that uh, uh, in your mouth, right? So uh, I didn't do that stuff as much, really, um, commercial. I, but I did do a lot of it, but it, not as much, you know. I was mostly wanted to do theater. And, and then I started to teach, too, you know. So from the Millican shows, though, did you have a favorite number you did or a person that you got to work with? as a choreographer or as another? Oh, yeah. uh, there were a lot of a lot of people. Cheetah did it. Um, uh, Julia Prowse was in it. Um, Bobby Morris was in it. Billy DeWolf. And one year, Gloria Swanson even did it. You know, the, yeah. the she, yeah, yeah. She, 
and she was a teeny thing. I'm five foot two and three quarters exactly. And she was smaller than me and she was old. <laughs> so, so I believe we walked her around that year, you know, um, but there were always people. Um, oh, no, I can't say his name. He was on Third Rock from the Sun. I can't say his name. Um, John Lithgow? He was one year. He was like the cover for the actors that were the main actors. Who else? I, there were just a, a million people, just a million people that did it. And they were all famous people, you know? Yeah. So. So how did you get involved in doing Annie? Or how did you start? Well, I, I had been assisting Pete. I had worked with Peter. We had done his act. And we did it not only in Las Vegas, but we did like little things here and there, you know, at, at Radio City. Because Peter was still working at Radio City then. He used to do the ballet there all the time uh, for about, I'm sure it was about 10 years or so. And um, they, we did like it was for an industrial there. And because we were so little and there were only three of us, they actually had to add extra velours on the side. So that we could, we didn't, because just think that huge stage with three people, uh, right? So in fact, Wally Harper was still conducting us. And I I remember we came out and I started to laugh because he was so little. All I could see is his head in the pit, you know? And um, so we so we did that there. So I, I, we, he got the job and he asked me to assist him. So that's how that happened. So did you, where in the process did you sort of start? Speed? Did you Good speed. That's where Annie started. But oh. Peter wasn't the choreographer there. And then when they moved into town, um, Martin asked Peter to choreograph it. And Peter asked me to assist him. And um, that's how that happened. And, and, you know, usually you have to meet everybody. But I had worked with Martin, actually. I had done um, the Danes at CTV special. And I assisted oh. Alan Johnson. And Ann Miller, there's another one who did um, uh, the Millican show. And she was playing Mona Kent. And, and, and Ann Margaret played uh, the lead and Ann Mira and Ann Miller. So there was all the Annies. So um, I knew Martin from there because Martin directed that. So uh, Peter said, well, I asked Mary Jane. That's OK, good. So here we are. <laughs> so that's how all that worked out. And then, then that's history, you know, from there. We did the show, we rehearsed, we went out of town, we came back and it was a huge hit. You know, and it was funny because Annie was that kind of show that when you go to open, you think, oh my God, are they going to love this? Or are they going to throw tomatoes at it? Because it was so simple, you know, mm -hmm. and they screamed. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Because I, I wasn't in the show. I was Peter's assistant and I was dance captain. So my job every night was to stand in the back of the house and to be sure everybody was in the right place. And when new people came in as the show wore on, you know, I would put them into the show. And then I assisted Peter and Martin on all the other shows. I did the LA company, the national company and the, the second national company. And um, I, but when I started to, cause it was so simple, you know, you wonder if people are gonna buy that. You know, audiences change and they, sometimes they get so sophisticated with stuff like now like all kinds of of special effects and things people expect that because that's what what is selling now you know but annie at the time was so simple it was a simple story it was a small cast and i thought oh my god and i have to tell you i, I stood in the back of the house that opening night and the audience jumped leapt they leapt leapt to their feet yeah you know 
And that happened every night. Wow. That happened every night because it was so heartfelt the story itself. And, you know, and I've choreographed it and directed it at different theaters since then. And I always have to fight a little bit because I said, don't do this and don't do that. It's a simple story. I said, just do what Tom Meehan wrote on the page. You don't have to do anything extra. And you don't because it's all right there. It's a sweet story. It's just sweet, you know? And um, I even, I object, you know, because it's like theaters now, they like to add a second cast or they like to add children to it. And I understand the reason why, because you make more money that way. Because mm -hmm. if you have seven kids and then you hire seven more kids, that's at least two more people. And then they go out to their family and they have their family come. So you sell the X amount more tickets, right? And, um, but I feel... I, I've actually have done it with maybe two extra kids in the cast. And that's not too bad. But when it's simple, it's just, I don't know, it's just better. Now, I understand like they've done it at St. Louis Muni. Now, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's an outdoor theater. You know how big it is, right? Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. I actually performed myself there. Um, I did, I did, George M. I played um, Josie with Ken Berry. Ken Berry was uh, George. And I remember I did popularity, which usually it's a fella that does that. But um, the the choreographer and the director knew me since I'm like a kid, you know, his name was Bob Audie. And he was a wonderful teacher and a wonderful choreographer. And he said, would you do that? I said, I'd love to do that, you know, because I was a little older. already. <laughs> I was in my, I think I was in my middle 30s already when I did this. And um, I remember coming out to do popularity and the the person that was going to join me from the other side, I could barely see him. I mean, that's how wide, how wide the proscenium was. Okay, so it was huge. So when they did Annie there, I know they added a ton of kids. They just added a ton of kids, you know. So, so I understand that because you have to fill that space. But I just think it loses something, you know, in the in the process. When you, you mush it up too much. Very simple. It's very simple and heartfelt. So you were saying about the original Annie, there wasn't any point up until the opening night where you were sure it was going to be a hit? Well, I think after that first night, after that first preview night, we were pretty, we were sailing, but you still don't know. You come into the city, you don't, you know, people, are, people get, you know, they get their hearts broken and stuff and they think it's too mushy or something like that. Um, but I, I have to tell you, cause I was there, I was there for three years, every night they stood every night. There was not one night that they did not lead to their feet. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was and a, it was a tremendous experience. What did you think about the cast? Did you have a good relationship with all of them or did you? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. There, there was, there's usually one, <laughs> there was one, but I'm not going to tell you what it was. Um, and uh, I don't know, there's just sometimes there's just one person that always kind of gives you a little trouble, but, but for the most part, it was a great cast and they, they all got, and most of them were from um, Goodspeed. So they all got along, you know, and um, pretty much there's all, once, you know, when you run like three, four or five years, there's always got to be a little something somewhere, you know, but yeah. I, um, I always try to stay out of whatever that is. I just, you know, 
my job was to make sure it stayed right. And that's what I tried to do. You know. So did you actually get to choreograph any of the show yourself? Oh, you know, I did. There, I, as we were doing, like, um, we, there's a number called Annie, 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 you know, when she's coming into the house and everything before the mudges come in. And they set up the, the stage. It's Christmas, right? So, you know, it, that's the kind to me, it's like acting dancing. That's what I call that, that kind of a, a number. And I was messing around, you know, and I did this little step. And, and Martin said, me, go ahead, do that. I said, okay. So there's several little places here and there where I, it was my, my little step, <laughs> you know, so I felt like I contributed. So Which you don't always get to do some, most, sometimes you just, your job is just to be there and retain everything and be able to spit it back at them. Yeah. You know, but I do have, have a few little steps here and there. So what was your relationship like with Charles Strauss and Thomas Meehan and also Mike Nichols who produced it? Well, you know, I had a good relationship with all of them. I We weren't bosom buddies or anything, but, you know, when I would see them, we would speak and, and um, yeah, it, you know, it was, it was casual. It wasn't, you know, it, like friends that you meet that you call and say, come on over for coffee or whatever. We didn't do that. But I, I felt that I had a good relationship with everybody. And Mike Nichols, I, um, he was very sweet. He, he, uh, and Lewis Allen gave me a sweet, if I can remember what it says, opening night, they gave us, was that that? I think that was, they gave us beautiful pens. I don't know if that was for, no, no that was for Christmas. Um, but they gave me a note, I remember, and they said, thank you for uh, melting our flinty hearts. Oh. So I, so they liked whatever my contribution was. And I remember that, I kept that little card. Yeah. You know, because that's what I'm saying, you know, as you get older, you, you know, as much as you like the business and the more stuff you do, the more business like you become because you have to do that. You can't always stay, oh, this is swell. And this, is, you know, I try to do that. I try to keep that child part of me because that's what makes it fun. But then there's sometimes they go, well, listen, you got to cut that kid from that and you got to do this. And I would go, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, and like when we were out of, t out of town, um, you know how everybody thinks everything's always a certain way. At least I did myself. But Martin would say to me, go take the kids, you know, because sometimes you'd be sitting there and they're going to rewrite a scene and then all of it, everybody's sitting there. So he'd say, go take the kids in the hallway and practice with them. So we would be in the hallway practicing. I mean, it had not, it's sort of like just being in the hallway. <laughs> so I said, oh my God, is this a Broadway show? <laughs> we are in the hallway. But that's what you would do. You know, and very often at the theater, if the kids had something to do, because the kids did a lot of publicity um, oh, from time to time. And we would add the, um, we had two swings. We had a big swing girl and we had a little, little girl uh, for the children. Um, we, I would take them downstairs because we would add those kids to the number because, you know, it, and Martin was wonderful that way, you know, not to leave them out because you could leave them out, but instead I would like rearrange never fully dressed so that we could have two extra kids in it. And, but we'd do that in the basement. I'd be rehearsing in the basement and the musicians would be walking by, the actors would be coming by, you know, because maybe they would go be, they would go do that between shows, you know? So, cause it, the show, when the show opened and was a huge, huge success, you know, they, they wanted those kids everywhere, yeah. you know? 
So you were also involved in the Annie Christmas show. So, I was. <laughs> so talk about sort of that and what it was like to do. Well, we did, um, I assisted Peter and um, we, we rehearsed, you know, we did it. Martin put a little show together and it, the premise was, um, what was the premise? He, well, we, the way he put it together, we just, it was a, a party, you know, party for the show. And um, I assisted Peter and Peter came out and sang with the kids. And then it turned into this big dance number, plus the other numbers that were done. And if I remember correctly, the day that we shot a couple of the things, it's so long ago now, I don't really remember, but um, there was one shot and I said to Martin, because Peter couldn't be there for the that particular number. And it was um, um, Miss Hannigan's <laughs> number with the boys. And I said, you can't shoot it this way because Peter will kill me because you couldn't see her right, you know? Um, so I, I remember saying that. So that I had my, I had, while I'm talking about this, I got a tremendous amount of experience. You know, I had worked a lot when I did, by the time I did this, but doing all these other things and especially Peter, if Peter couldn't be there cause he's still busy with other things. I was, I truly was an assistant, his assistant, his associate, you know, and I would, and Martin would defer to me and I, and I would say, you can't do, like I did that. I said, you can't do that shot because Dorothy's mm -hmm. not in the right spot, you know, to be seen correctly. I said, and I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking to myself, Peter will kill me if you do it that way. <laughs> you know? So, so, and that's, you know, all of those things are, it gives you experience to go on and do it yourself. Yeah. And I remember always being, while we were doing that, Peter got, um, was asked to do, his name was Slim Goodbody. It was the adventures of Slim Goodbody in Nutra City. And it was for the Captain Kangaroo show. And he couldn't do it. And he said, do you think you could do it? I said, oh, sure, I could do that. And it was, that was so much fun because what this fella did was he wrote songs for kids. And it was like um, about take care of your heart. But he did every song that he did in kind of a different idiom. And that, like, that was... Um, that was like an Elvis Presley song because he did pump, 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 goes the heart, you know, and I would try to stage it for him so that it would have that feeling, right? And then um, one was about brushing your teeth and that was kind of a, a Latin number, you know? And um, I was, when I think about, because, you know, you don't just offer people up if you don't think they can do it. Yeah. And so that to me was a tremendous, it gave me tremendous uh, um, confidence, you know? And like I went, I went to, when we went to do the California company, Peter and Martin were in um, England doing a show called Bar Mitzvah Boy. And um, they sent us out there. And so I just went ahead and I, I had almost all the staging done when they came because they came two days later. We were so far ahead. At one point, Martin said to me, well, I don't know what to do tomorrow because we still had a day there in LA because we were going to San Francisco. But we were that far ahead. But letting me do that, I mean, they let me do that. So obviously they trusted me with their work, you yeah. know. So that was a tremendous thing for me. I mean, I know that show inside out and backwards. <laughs> you know, so when I direct it and choreograph it now, I do everything that I know works and I do things that I would have wanted it to do. Because there were a couple little things that I added that I thought was pretty, you know, pretty good in the scenes, yeah. you know. So yeah, so that was 
I got a tremendous amount of experience from that. So did you ever want to, or did you ever sort of wish you had performed in Annie or? Oh, well, I got to do it. I got everything. I got to do everything. I didn't do, I didn't do the principal roles, but when we were actually, when we were out of town doing the LA company, the little girl got sick for, and it was the day of our, our first put through, put, put through, you know, put together. And um, I, Martin said, you have to sing it because she can't sing. She had this rest of voice. She had like tonsillitis or something. So unfortunately we weren't opening right away, but I, I wound up playing Annie that day, wow. <laughs> you know, it was just a rehearsal, but I got to do all the parts. So I sang all the songs. I even did Warbucks one time, <laughs> you know, so, but I did do in the, in the New York company, my job was to be the dance captain, but I was a swing. So if, cause if there were only three, like, I remember, that's how I remember to put it together. So if one of those ladies, if Grace, or um, Lily were sick, somebody went into that part. So I would do their part. Oh. Parts. So, but what happened when we started putting the shows together, I actually went to the powers that be and I said, you know, because it was a situation, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I was in California and I had cleaned up the company because they were gonna open in LA. Because Martin, that's when Martin and Peter were in, in England. So, is that how that happened? Yes, I guess they went back. I don't remember. They went back, but they weren't there. I cleaned up the company and put it on the stage in LA. And um, I had to come back like right away because they knew that somebody was sick. And I said, you know, you really need to hire another swing girl. And we did. We wound up hiring a swing person who had been in one of the other companies. And so now I was the second swing, which made it much easier for me because then if I needed to go someplace else, I kind of got to be a little bit of a troubleshooter. I would, if somebody, if they needed something done in another company, they would send me out. That's, oh. how, you know, they would send me out. And um, I, so that way I didn't have to worry about rushing back if somebody was sick in the New York company. So everybody was covered then. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I got to do all the parts, except I didn't do Grace and I didn't do Miss Hannigan. So something I want to ask you about your career in general, although not this specific show, is have you ever had the chance to perform on the Tonys? And if so, what has that been like? Uh, no, I didn't perform on the Tonys, but I restaged uh, Lucy and Jesse in 1975 for Alexis on the Tonys. So that's the closest I got to being on the Tonys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you think it is in the last question about Annie? What do you think it is about Annie that makes it such a big hit show and make, has such universal appeal? I, I think because, how, you know, how can you go wrong with the dog and Annie <laughs> and she finds love? <laughs> you know, she finds love with Daddy Warbucks. It's really a love story. Yeah, you know, it's really a love story, even though she's a little girl and he's a grown man. It's a it's a love story, you know, and how could you not love that? And then the dog comes in at the end out of the box, you know, it's, he's their Christmas present. He finds the dog. He loves her and he'll do anything for her. Daddy Warbucks, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and then there's the um, little titillation that she, he's going to marry Grace, you know, um, and it, it's a happy, happy ever after ending, you know? Yeah, that's true.
And I think that's why I think it gives people hope when you see it. It's hopeful. It's a hopeful story. So something you did, I think, around this time was to choreograph Peter Allen at Radio City Music Hall. I did. And I love that. I act. I actually. What was my title? I was like a dance. Um, I, I wasn't the choreographer. I actually helped Chris Chadman. He choreographed that show. But, you know, my thing is tap. I mean, my Ford is tap. So anytime a huge tap thing came up, I usually was an assistant somehow. Um, and I, what I did, he, Chris wanted to do um, a number that he had seen in an old movie musical. So I actually lifted it from, from the, I don't oh, know if I'm supposed to say this. I lifted this big number and I taught it to Peter Allen. And, you know, he was very, you know, he, that kind of frivolous thing that he had. He was very focused when he worked. He was very focused and very strong. And I taught, he learned all that tap like that. And I don't believe he was a tapper, but he learned it because he worked hard, you know? And then I taught it to the girls. And that's that's what I did. And I, it was, it was wonderful. It was really wonderful. You know, I had to make some variations and things on things, but it was a, a reminiscent of this number. Yeah. Yeah. So, was it a challenge for you as a choreographer to have to fill such a giant space as Radio City? Well, you mean for that particular number? Yeah. Well, it, well I didn't have any trouble because the Rockettes did it with them. So they were all um, there. So it was, you know, whether it's 12 or no. And how many Rockettes are there? You know, I think there's uh, 15. I don't know. Something at a time. Like, but I think yeah. it's 20 all together. Something like that. Well, they all did it, so uh, there was no problem with that. I just had to teach them the steps, and then and then I staged it, you know, how they moved around. Yeah. You were saying that Peter Allen was very focused, but was he a good dancer, too? A good talent? Oh, he, he was a good, um, he learned it all. I don't know, you know, sometimes people learn things because they have to. I don't think he was a tap dancer particularly, but I think he learned it. You know, he learned, he had enough usually when you're that big a star you've done some of that stuff other places you know or you've yeah. taken some classes so i didn't have to teach him shuffle step i just taught him the steps i said this is what this is i said and don't do anything else i'm, I'm laughing because you know I, if i didn't know anything about myself when i first started and then i started working with people i was a great assistant because i i could remember everything like that and in fact, sometimes it's, you know, they say it's a gift, but sometimes it's not because, you know, when I watch things that I didn't do, my mind, my, my eye will go right to the mistake. If somebody makes a mistake, I go, the girl's on the wrong foot. I see it like that, you know? So when I've had to teach star people that don't, aren't dancers quite, I'll say to them, don't do anything but what I tell you. This is, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do this. And even if you don't make all the sound, because usually if when you're tapping, like those girls were tapping with him, he didn't have to make the exact sound. But if it looked right, he would look like he was tapping. Yeah. You know, it's like in Follies. All of those ladies didn't tap. I taught them how to do that stuff by rote. Yeah. A you lot of them, you know. And we, all the girls, and we were tapping in the basement, myself and the four guys. So nobody had to make the sound. They just had to look like they were making the sound. You know, and um, and that's what I would tell people like that, that I had to teach. I'd say, just do what do what I'm showing you and don't don't worry that you're making not making all the sound because it'll look right. 
And I said, and as you learn it better, then you can add, try adding more of the sound. Because you can't do everything or you start going like this, you know. Yeah. So your last Broadway show to date was Into the Light, which you choreographed. Oh, I did, yes. So <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, my whole feeling about that show is they should have done it as a play with incidental oh. music. Because, you know, there were some parts of it, because we used laser, you know, they, you know what it was about. It was at the Shroud or Tourin, and they were testing mm -hmm. it to see if it was really, if Christ really had been covered with that. And they actually used a laser. And there was, um, when you looked at the stage, there was a screen that, that um, how did that work? You looked up and it, it laid back. And you could see by the laser, you could see with the carbon carbon testing that they did, carbon dating, they called it testing. And it would like this, and you heard the music was like, underneath it and stuff. It was very interesting. But what happened is we had, the first act was one show and the second act was another show. And at one point, they actually said to me, can you make this, because there, there was a big number in the, in the first act, and it was with the nuns and the priests, and it was very funny, and it was called Into the Light, Into the Light, and it was almost like a little jig that they did when they did it, and it was funny, but that's not what the show was about, you know, that's why I said they should have done the show with incidental music and done it as a play, because I think it would run. Um, but there was another number and it was supposed to open the second act. And it was when the wife and the boy go to be with the husband where he's testing this stuff. And um, I actually went, I went to them, to the powers that be. And I said, cause uh, the little boy, Danny Gerard, he was terrific, but dancing wasn't his strong suit. Oh. So he, and he was just a kid. He was just a little kid. He was like eight or nine, nine, 10 years old, I think. And um I went to them and I said, you know, I said, we're going to do this number. And I said, you're going to waste a whole day doing this number. And he is beside himself because he said to me, he came to me, you know how little kids are. And he was, you mean I have to learn this today? I have to learn the song. I have to learn the music and I have to learn to dance. And I thought, oh my God, please don't cry. I didn't <laughs> don't cry. And uh, so I went to them and I said, you know, he's very upset and nervous. And I said, my feeling is you're going to waste a whole day on this. And you're going to cut it. Yeah. So they finally did it. Instead of doing a big dance number, they did it. I think it was just a song between him and his mother, oh. which worked fine. But um, again, as I said, it was the, the show had two different acts. So and then the worst part was at like two days before we opened, it came out that the shroud was not real. Oh, Bill Shroud was not real. <laughs> so that didn't help our cause. <laughs> but there were people who came and saw it and said, oh, we really enjoyed it. We really, and other people said, oh, you know, yeah. and I was, I was in between somewhere. I thought, you know, again, I felt that they should have done it as a play. Yeah. So uh, what was your collaboration like with Michael Moore, who was the director and also Dean Jones, who was the star? Yeah. Um, Michael Maurer and I had worked together in uh, Dallas, da um, uh, Dallas Summer Musicals, and we did, um, oh, what did we do? Molly Brown, the unsinkable Molly Brown, and we just had the best time because, you know, he was a dancer. That's how he started, and he loved what I did, you know, because um, I'm strong. I'm a strong dancer, and he loved the stuff I did with the guys, and then there was this whole, and well, you know, it, 
I, Peter Gennaro did the show originally. So I'm in the same style as him. I didn't know what he did, but it, I kind of knew that because we actually did, there was a number called the Mashish and we actually did a piece of it. Remember when I said in his act, we did everything that made him famous. Yeah. We did a piece of that, but this was like the whole number, you know, and it was a very stylized number and it was great fun to do. And we had a wonderful time. So Michael always, we became friends and he said, if I ever get to do a Broadway show, you're going to be my choreographer. And that's what happened, <laughs> you know? And, um, and Dean Jones, I loved, he was a very nice man and he was a good actor, you know, a good, and he's a good singer. So we did our thing, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. You know? oh. So I want to ask you two things sort of in summation of your Broadway career. Yeah. Um, who have been some of your favorite people to collaborate with as actors? Oh, um, now I got to remember. Uh, let's see. I, I loved, I loved Dorothy Loudon. Um, she could be hard to work with, but Dorothy and I had done um, Fig Leaves Are Falling together. We talked about that. Yeah. And so we knew each other from before and um so she and I, we, we saw each other, <laughs> you know, we, we were, we were good, but she could be difficult to work with, but she was so talented. You love, you just loved it. And I, and I got along well with her. I loved her. I loved Bob Fitch. I yeah. loved, which is, you know, we actually did, um, a, this fella did a version of that TV special that we did the Annie Christmas special. Cause he was friends with Martin and, um, it, that was the last time I saw Bob and we, I, I just put together this stuff and I actually did Peter's part because Peter, Peter sang to the kids. I told you that. So I was Peter in this, this part. So that was fun to do that. But um, yeah, yo, that's great. But just, and we actually, he and I did an Annie together that oh. he directed and I choreographed it. Uh, this was a while back now. And, um, and he did Rooster. This this is like ten years, ten well, maybe a little longer than ten years ago now. And he still did Rooster. He was great. Wow. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, yeah. So I loved um, Dorothy Collins and John McMartin and um, and Jean Nelson and um, Alexis too. I didn't work. I did work with her, but I, she was not as friendly as Dorothy. Oh. She was a little more aloof, um, but I but I liked her. But I, I I loved Dorothy. Dorothy was just, you know, I I said this before. I felt like she never didn't get her up her her full value for what she did because she made it look so easy that you know I think people thought she wasn't working hard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was great. But um, and I loved Yvonne DiCarlo. I loved all those ladies. I, Ethel Chate was a hoot. It was just a hoot and a half, you know. And um, who else? I loved, I, well, I, I didn't do a Broadway show with him, but um, Ken Berry, uh, he, he became like my big brother. He, I mean, we, we stayed in touch after the show was over. And um, I, lo I loved him. He was, he, he also, he was one of those people too. He made it look easy. So you thought he was just, you know, just doing it. <laughs> Who else did I work with? Let's see. Well, there's so many people, you know, I, I should have yeah. thought more about that. But um, yeah, I, I, I loved uh, all of them pretty much. I don't think there's anybody that I hated. You know? 
I, so I want to ask you a question about being a choreographer. As a choreographer, how do you sort of create a dance vocabulary for a show? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to read the script and you have to know why they're doing the dance number and where it's coming from. I said to somebody one time and they looked at me so funny, I said, you know, nobody loves to dance more than I do. I think it was Into the Light. And I said, but this dance number is taking up time that doesn't need to be taken up. That was that number, you know? And, um, and I really feel that way. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't matter that it's there. You know, in fact, it, it stops the action of the show. So unless you're doing a concert, that it has to go from the scene into the song, into the dance, back into the scene. And it should just happen. Magic, you know, yeah. you just make magic with it. Well, I want to ask you about your movie career, which you've also had as a choreographer. You choreographed The Great Gatsby. Your assistant choreographed that. I did. I had a wonderful time. We, Tony Stevens was the choreographer and I was his assistant. And we danced together in in the movie and we also we knew each other from fig leaves are falling we we were partners in that show and um and he choreographed rachel lily rosenblum and don't you ever forget it and i assisted him on that and um we were great friends and i loved working with him because he and i danced as much as a guy and a girl could dance together and when we danced together we were like one person it was yeah. that's just how i felt i loved dancing with him and um he he got the he got uh, the great Gatsby and he said you want to assist me actually what he did we because he wasn't known then somebody gave the producers of the movie his name it was one of those things that's how it works you know and um, he put together we got three couples and we did like the Charles a Charleston piece we did a, a foxtrot piece and um, the director. And I know you're going to ask me his name and I can't say it. Um, I can see his face. Anyway, he said, oh, okay, I would like this, 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 and this. And he picked a bus who he wanted to use, you know? Mm -hmm. And we were there for two weeks, I think, in Newport, Rhode Island. I had a wonderful time, but I have to tell you, it's not like doing a show. It's like, hurry up and wait. Yeah. Hurry up and wait. <laughs> and... Uh, I didn't, that's the only movie I ever really did. I, I, I not ever, I ever did. And um, I enjoyed it tremendously. And again, we worked hard and because they were party scenes, half hour was 7 p.m. And we started doing the scene and we would, we would film till seven o'clock in the morning. And I was so twisted by the time we had a day off, I was like up all day and all night because I couldn't, my body didn't know what time <laughs> was, you know, and I enjoyed it. In fact, there's if you watch it there's a scene where we all jump in a fountain and tony and i had choreographed it he said because i said oh my god i'm gonna if i get in my hair i'll get wet we jumped in with our clothes on so he said i'll tell you what we staged it. he said i'll jump and go come on I'll put my and i'll see so you jump and i'll catch you well by the time you know if you're in three feet of water and by the time 20 people jump into that you know how high that gets yeah. When I jumped and he went to catch me, the weight of my body hit him like this and the water was sloshing around and we both went under like, <laughs> and we stood up and started to laugh. And um, so it was great fun. We had a great time. In fact, there's a scene, sometimes they cut it, but a lot of times when you, if you run at the movie or you see it on television, they're just four legs dancing. Those are my legs. 
Oh. <laughs> so next time you watch it, okay. And um, and I an interesting thing for me, there was um uh five Chanel dresses. Someone had, I don't know if they rented the the stock of these dresses or what, but in this pile of dresses, there were five real Chanel dresses, and I got one of them. And it was so beautiful. I, I'm ashamed to tell you, if, if they weren't the Chanel dress, I would have stole it because it was like it had been cut from my little body, you know, and it was beautiful. It was brown and it had bugle beads all over it. And there was a star up here, one on my waist and one at the bottom of the skirt. And it just flowed, you know, like if you cut clothes right, they're cut for dancing. Okay. And this dress was cut for doing the Charleston. And um, when we did this scene, they had, I had to change my clothes. They gave me another dress that wasn't because they didn't want to ruin the dress, you know? And, uh, and it was funny because, you know, we got out, we must've done that scene three or four times. And I would get, and I had short hair, short, short, real thirties hair, 2030s hair. And they would just hit me with a blower, a hair dryer. Because we had feathers, you know? And the feather was like, Whoa. so they, they blew dread a feather. And Jack Clayton, that was the director's name, Jack Clayton. He was wonderful. I loved him. And, um, but we had a great time doing that. And it, it was great fun. And it was fun wearing the clothes. And because I kind of think that my, I should have been born in that era anyway. That was, you know, yeah. so I loved it all. And, um, and Mia Farrell was wonderful. And Robert Redford was very friendly, you know. And um, I had to, you know, the, there's a scene where they dance around the candle. I don't, do you remember that? And I thought, I thought, oh, they're, they're going to push a button and that that flame will flicker. And no, they had a candle, a real candle burning in a bottle. Oh, really? And they had a, a light over it. And when he would yell, take, this little old guy walked in with a stick and hit that, <laughs> hit that light <laughs> and it would swing like this. So between the flicker of the candle and this, it got this ambiance. And Tony and I were the only two allowed in the room besides the director and the cameraman. And when they, because they, the dolly went around them, they were waltzing one way and the, and then it went, so it was doing this, right? And when the camera was on that side, we had to lay flat on the floor so that there no shadow would get in the shot. And then it was interesting because he would, they, he'd yell cut because they would be dancing and doing the scene and they both could dance. But what would happen was that it had to be consistent for her because if you go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, step, touch, one, two, three, she would, that would throw her off. And I didn't want to change, we didn't want to change anything. I would go with Robert Redford and, and Tony would go with Mia Farrell. And we finally figured it out because I said, just do with me what you're doing. I said to Robert and he, and I caught him. I said, don't do that step, touch. I said, that's why you two are getting off. Because when he would go step, touch, it would, she it would throw her because she couldn't, she, it was hard for her to talk and to do that. And, and it's funny, it was just the degree of, they both could dance, but it was like, it just had to be consistent, you know? So all of that to me was very interesting. And then they were, they were wonderful. He always said hello when he came into the shot to me, which was nice. And in fact, that one shot where everybody runs in and glasses fly and things fly around and stuff, uh, the tables go down and people fell down and everything. What happened was that we were supposed to come in from outside and, or we were supposed to stay outside. That's what it was. And it started to rain. So every time they went to take the shot, cut because it started to rain. 
Well, after about two or three, two and a half, three hours, they decided to put burlap bags on the top of the building and they hit it with a fire hose. And I said, oh, I'm not doing that because they said, and everybody run inside. And we actually, because we had a room in that one mansion where they shot that. And those of us that were from New York, we because there were only six of us from New York, we hired all these dancers, local dancers to do the Charleston. We had a huge call and... Um, I said, I'm not going to get trampled in that scene because, you know, sometimes that happens. You know, people want to be in the scene so bad they just charge, you know. And um, I ran upstairs and two of the other girls ran upstairs. And that, that's where we stayed <laughs> because it, got, it was a little frightening, you know, to have yeah. 300 people running, you know. So uh, but that that to me was interesting that they would do that. They stopped. They said, well, well, the reason they had to do the, the bags, I didn't finish that. Once they decided to do the shot, it stopped raining. So they had half of the shot in the rain and half of it not. So that's why they they did they did that with the bags, you know. And um, so I enjoyed all of that, but I was ready to come home when I came home, you know. Yeah. So I want to ask you a little bit about your directing in regional theaters and theaters across the country career. Yeah. So what have been some of your favorite shows that you've had the opportunity to direct? Oh boy. Um, well. First of all, I love the Walnut Street Theater. I worked at the Walnut Street in Philadelphia many times. And um, it's just, it's every time you do it, even though you're doing something that's been done, it's like doing a full Broadway show because you do what you want to do with it. And there's a full orchestra, you know. And um, I just I want to mention, I worked quite often at the uh, Westchester Broadway Theater. It's a dinner theater. And unfortunately, with all this pandemic and everything, it has closed. Oh. It has closed and my show was going to be the next show I was supposed to direct and choreograph Cinderella <laughs> but they closed before we got to it so um I just uh, they were wonderful those those producers uh Bob Funking and Bill Stutler and Bonnie and Stutler and Lisa Tiso was the um uh, casting person they were all wonderful to me always so I uh I'm going to just put a little little shout out to that it's a shame because a lot of people got a lot of work there over the years mm -hmm. and um it's a shame that they're going to close and um i worked in uh houston for dallas or uh, uh, houston um theater under the stars um i love doing follies i did follies there twice with chuck abbott as a director and um you asked me what shows i liked right it was i love doing follies that's a lot of work but it was a it was always great to do that um, yeah. with Chuck. And I also did it again, and I did it with Juliet Prowse and Nancy Dussault. Oh. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> and um, I worked at um, Michigan Opera Theater. And I did, I'm just trying to think what I did. I loved Molly Brown. I usually get these war horses, you know, <laughs> Oklahoma, <laughs> Showboat, <laughs> those things. Yeah. So I, I love doing all of them. I don't think there's one show I hated to do. Yeah. And are there any shows that you still would like to do or wish you could direct? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, um, I don't know. I, I think if something comes along, if they ask me, would you like to do this? You know, I love doing cabaret too at okay. uh, Studio Arena Theater in Buffalo. Um, but I, that's no longer there either. So <laughs> you know, that theater, but, uh, but I love doing that. And I loved anything goes and did that a lot. I did that many times. And um, I would like to I would like to direct that I never directed that but I choreographed that. And um, I think, 
I think when people ask you to do things, you look at it and you say, well, gee, would I like to do this? I don't think there's anything that I, I feel like I missed. Yeah. You know, you know what I would, what I, I did many years ago, I did um, a production of Irma Deuce, and I knew that that I, that I would do well in that show. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I wished that I could have gotten to do that again before I got too old, <laughs> but I'm too old to do it now. So, um, you know, cause you have to really be on your game because the dancing is difficult. It's strong. And um, I would have liked to have done that again somewhere in my career. Um, but other than that, I think it, when people ask you to do it, I just say, oh, what is it? You know, and then I look at it and I say, now, do I really want to do this? And then I go back and say, yeah, your name, you know? Uh, yeah. And then the very last thing I want to ask you is, when theater comes back, which hopefully sooner rather than later, yeah. what kind of things do you think you'll be doing or would you like to do? Well, um, hopefully it's going to come back sooner than they think. Um, I would like to have, I was ready to do that Cinderella. I was looking forward to doing that. So I'm hoping I get to do that um, because I already had a lot of things <laughs> laid out, you know, yeah. and um and whatever comes along, you know, I, um, I'm at a place in my life where I, I, and I'm very lucky, knock on wood, that I have had people, it just come, it came to me, you know, I, I don't have an agent now, I have I had in the past, but I, um, I've had people ask me, would you like to do this? And then somebody also asked me to do this. And I've never not worked. So I, I feel very fortunate that way. I, I, I would like to think that my work is that good, you know? So, um, so I, I just see what happens, you know? I have to look, there are a couple of shows that I think maybe I would like to, well, I have to get more on top of them though. Um, there were shows I wanted to see that I didn't get to see, you know, like Ain't Too Proud to Bag. And um, mm -hmm. there were other few other things that I, I just didn't get to see in the closed. So I really kind of wanted to do that. I wanted to go and this summer, that's what I was going to do. I had a list of shows that I was going to go see. So, mm. but um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm all, I'm done yet, but I'm not looking for things. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. I had some listeners. Thank you for tuning in and remember to tune back in next time when we are joined by the wonderful theater press agent, Susan L. Shulman. Susan L. Shulman, over her long and legendary career in the theater, has represented such shows as Company, Follies, Applause, Inner City, Nash at Nine, Thieves, Scapino, Where's Charlie, Death of a Salesman, Death and the Maiden, Pal Joey, Sly Fox, The Night of the Iguana, Dancing, Crazy for You, State Fair, Metro, Dream, and more. She has also represented the out-of-town tryouts of The Merchant and Miss Moffat, and national tours of State Fair, Man of La Mancha, Porgy and Bess, and more. Her illustrious work as a personal press agent includes representing such stars as Karen Ziemba, Kathleen Chalfont, Karen Mason, Harry Groner, and more. So tune back in next time. Thank you for listening.